Good morning and welcome to worship on this third Sunday of Advent here at Selwyn Avenue Presbyterian Church. We're so glad you've found your way to our sanctuary through Facebook Live or our website or even Spotify on our podcast. We continue to pray for you and with you through these uncertain uh, times of global pandemic. And we ask that you reach out to us, anyone on our staff or our elders, uh, with prayer concerns or needs that you and your family and those you love may be experiencing. Our prayers and sympathy are extended to Margot Richardson and family in the death of her grandmother, Dot Gaither Morris Horn, uh, last week, as well as our friend who uh, is helping us with our sound this morning, Christy Lancaster, on the death of her uncle who suffered um, from COVID-19. Um, COVID-19 is moving in the wrong direction, and so we here at Selwyn are mindful of that in trying to make very careful decisions about when and how we gather. For the foreseeable future, we will be postponing all small group gatherings and outdoor events until further notice. Uh, it is due to the rising cases here in Mecklenburg County and um, members who have reported um, COVID-19 cases in their families and beyond. Please pay attention to our website, our weekly email, and our church notes for important information about how and when we will stick together and worship together through this Advent and Christmas seasons. It is a stressful time for our mission partners, as you can imagine. If you are asking yourself how you might engage um, the work of Christ in this uncertain time, we ask you to visit our website. Um, we are making lunches for those who experience homelessness every week. Uh, and we also are making cookies for them. If you would like to donate items that are of need, you can go to our website to figure out what those things are. And you can also um, send your financial gifts to the church, and those will go to the mission and vision of Selwyn Avenue Presbyterian Church. Um, our financial support continues to be very important through this season of COVID. An update on our stewardship campaign. Thank you so much to those of you who have already estimated a gift for 2021. We are only 35 pledges away from reaching our goal of 130 pledges. As you know and as you've heard, this is an extremely important year for Selwyn in terms of our stewardship. Today after worship, we are going to have our Christmas pageant on Zoom. I do invite Nancy to stand up and share a little bit about our Advent boxes uh, for those of you who are young people in our church and to um, remind folks about our Christmas pageant at noon. Thank you, Lori. Yes, uh, boys and girls and the Selwyn family, this is the third Sunday in Advent if you have your Christmas box, it is time to look at our love envelope. In our love envelope, you will find <clears throat> scripture and a devotional prayer. The family activity is spending some time together as a family this week doing something that you love. So for your family, it might be preparing a meal or watching a movie perhaps a Christmas movie. And then the craft in there is a wooden cross for you to um, decorate as you will, paint or color in um, and use that to display around the church, um, around your house. Love for you to display it around the church. Uh, the um, 
After church today at noon is our pageant. Um, love for the children to dress up and see each other on the Zoom call. If you are missing that link, uh, just email me at the church and I'll send it to you. We're going to start at noon today. Thank you. Nancy. Um, a special thanks to Brady and Avery Ellis who are serving as our liturgist in acting today and also to the Wolf family, uh, Justin, Kelly, Cassidy, and Stella who after the introit who will be lighting our Advent wreath. Let us prepare hearts to worship God. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty firmament. Praise him for his mighty deeds. Praise him according to his surpassing greatness. Praise him with trumpet sound. Praise him with lute and harp. Praise him with tambourine and dance. Praise him with strings and pipe. Praise him with clanging cymbals. Praise him with loud crashing cymbals. Let everything that breathes praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We light this candle to proclaim the coming of the light of God into our darkness. With the coming of this light, there is joy. Joy that is ours, not only at Christmas, but always. Awesome God, Help us to delight in your presence, to be excited as we worship with your people in your house. Help us to recognize your greatness in all that surrounds us and to celebrate the joy in the coming of your Son, Christ Jesus. Amen.
Consequently, Jesus is able for all time to save those who approach God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. Please join me in the prayer of confession. O oh, great writer and dreamer, with a sky full of stars and a world full of flowers, there should be no need to And yet, instead of decorating our hearts and souls with joy, we let it slip away like loose change. Instead of seeing like Mary, or dreaming like Joseph, or dancing like David, we pass by remarkable beauty and love, unfazed. Forgive us. Teach us the ways of children who laugh and dance and sing as joy is the very thing that keeps them alive. Amen. Friends, believe the good news of the gospel. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Amen. Jesus the Messiah took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. But just as he had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared in him in a dream and said, 
Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph awoke from the sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her as his wife, but had no marital relations with her until she had born a son, and he named him Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Speak to us, Lord. Speak to us in the waiting, the watching, the hoping, the longing, the sorrow, the sighing, the rejoicing. Speak to us by your word in these Advent days and walk with us until the day of your coming. Amen.
and hearing the gospel writer of Matthew's version of this story, I think we all know that man may have missed the mark. Plain as day, he writes, now the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, took place this way. But as you can see from our actors this morning, we seem to be missing a mom. We hear all about Joseph. We meet the angel of the Lord. And the week after Christmas, there will be more dreams and the magi and the stars and the maniacal King Herod. And yes, the scripture does speak about a young couple who was expecting, but nowhere in the Gospel of Matthew do we find an actual report of Jesus' birth. Nothing about Mary's well-being. No one sleeps long enough to dream when you're nine months pregnant. While the product design is amazing, I really do question if the ninth month of pregnancy represents God's best thinking. Matthew does not mention the baby kicking Mary's rib cage, or the constant hiccups, or the swollen ankles. I've always wondered how long Mary's labor was. How big was baby Jesus? Did he have a lot of hair? What if Jesus had been a girl? We plan and hope and we think we know how the whole thing we, how we'll go, and we expect until, well, reality sets in. I mean, thank God there were not any complications. What if Jesus had been breached? God forbid the umbilical cord had been wrapped. Childbirth in and of itself is a miracle. It is a matter of life and death for both a mother and a child. Every time, Hallmark and Christmas pageants seem to leave these messy parts out. But for all the story doesn't say about Jesus' actual birth, we know that Jesus was fully human, begotten, not made. And obviously the circumstances surrounding Jesus' entry into this broken world were complicated and dangerous. While Mary was the one who was pregnant, she wasn't expecting things to go this way either. What do we really mean when we say a couple is expecting? Expecting what? A safe delivery? A healthy baby? A highly intelligent, altruistic, cooperative, square-jawed, athletic, artistically inclined offspring who loves all the things that we love? It didn't take Rob and I very long to realize that parenting was nothing like we expected. Expectation is not a foregone conclusion. Expectation is a belief that something will happen and, well, they often do lead to disappointment. I'm pretty sure for a man who had high expectations for himself and for those around him, a man who was righteous and faithful, a man who followed the rules, a man who obviously had prepared for and expected a life of integrity, I'm pretty sure for a man like Joseph, a pregnant fiancé is not quite what he expected. They were betrothed. They had been waiting. She was with her parents. There was a dowry. He trusted her. He expected more from her. He expected things to go according to plan. We are a people of expectations. Good manners, good grades, good behavior. 
fidelity, honesty, moral integrity, stability, upward mobility, freedom, and health. No one really expects a marriage to end in a divorce. No one expects to fall into addiction. No one expects estrangement with a parent or a child. No one expects the surgery to go poorly or the car to swerve or the job to fall through. No one expects infertility or infant loss or miscarriage or stillbirth. No one expects to be on a ventilator. And yet these are the realities that God holds with sacred care in the season of Advent. It is precisely here, in the silence of a dream, in the midst of these realities, in the disorienting fog of despair, when all of our facts don't add up and all of our past experiences don't really seem to matter, our rules no longer seem just, our plans no longer seem possible, and all of our pride and hubris finally deflate in the aftermath of our failure that the mystery of God's inbreaking becomes real. You see, our expectations are too short-sighted for God because they're too small, they're too limited. They're limited by our own imaginations and our own experiences. Our expectations are limited by our desire for control and our own fears and our self-interest. Should Joseph have approached his parents, he could have shamed her publicly. He could have gone to the synagogue and asked for advice. Of course, if he had done that, they probably would have pointed to the Bible for guidance, and there he would have found Deuteronomy 22. It says right there, any woman who is not heard in her cry for help and found to be pregnant is to be sentenced to death by stoning in the public square. All those years later, would Jesus have known the story of his parents in their early years when he addressed the crowd on behalf of that woman? Which of you will throw the first stone? Joseph was in an impossible situation, stuck in between wanting to do the right thing and knowing what the right thing was. According to the rules, according to the law, according to the elders and the power brokers and the professionals, there was no easy way out. From the very beginning, Jesus was radically offensive, not just to his father in the beginning, but to the world surrounding him, including but not limited to the institutions of mainstream religion and politics, who fought so fiercely to maintain the status quo. Jesus was offensive not only as an adult, but even in the womb. Joseph couldn't hope his way out of this. He couldn't achieve his way out. He couldn't shirk away. He didn't pray. He didn't consult his elders. He didn't talk it through with his friends. He went to sleep. Now, it's true that messengers of God's grace seem to really show up when there is heavy lifting involved. It's true for us today, and it's certainly the case in Scripture. But God has always engaged ordinary humans as participants in the work of salvation. As Walter Brueggemann explains, it is also true that God's revelation in dreams is always an unbidden, unwelcome communication in the darkness of night. 
opening the sleeper to a different world than the one that he inhabited during the day. You see, good friends, we are not pinning all of our hopes on a fairy tale that transcends reality. There is way too much suffering in this world for that. This story reveals the truth about a radical God who breaks into our current situation, our virus-infected, bitter, harsh, isolating, and fragile existence. Not to magically erase the realities that we face, but to save us, to help us, to be with us, to see us through, to know our pain, to wake us up, to call us to do something good and whole and just, something that unites us beyond the lines of our division and violence and hate. Unlike Mary, Joseph did not have the benefit of falling in love with Jesus for nine months from the inside out. Instead, Joseph was forever changed by an encounter with a sacred word, the sacred word, a moment of hope, a story that breaks into reality, into time, only to wake up and live with a purpose beyond himself. It is another way. It is a better way. It is a more loving and gracious way, a way of welcome and compassion and courage. What are we to make of God showing up in the darkness, demanding our attention with a word of hope? This story of Jesus is not a bucolic dream. It is not a myth. It is a word of hope and promise when we least expect it. The dream was enough to reveal the truth to Joseph, but that hope and that promise became real in the flesh. And we all know there is nothing more disruptive or demanding than a baby who needs endless love and constant protection. Like most babies, Consider the demands of this baby Messiah. They're fairly simple. Constant love, complete adoration, fierce protection. We are 10 months into a pandemic that is moving in the wrong direction. This morning, we were supposed to have baptized a baby member of our church named Gwen Abigail Black. Instead, her family is quarantining as a precaution to an exposure of the coronavirus. Although they were not expecting a global pandemic, they were expecting Quinn's arrival nine months ago. As they contemplated her name, the first part was easy. She is named after her, her father, whose middle name is Quentin. But that middle name, the middle name was elusive. Allison and Jeremy, I hope you do not mind me sharing this story, but Allison made lists, and extended family made suggestions. And Allison would send her list or her suggestions to Jeremy, and Jeremy would offer feedback. And fairly often, unintentionally it seemed, Jeremy would say, what about that name you love, Abigail? And Allison would say, well, I didn't suggest Abigail. Oh, okay. Inexplicitly, Days and weeks went past, and the same thing would happen. How about this name? How about that name? How about Abigail? But I did not suggest Abigail. Two days after Quinn's birth, when finally forced to make a decision for the birth certificate, Allison finally asked Jeremy, 
Do you like the name Abigail? I do. Allison did too. So she looked it up to see what meaning the name held, and they did not expect what they found. In Hebrew, it means my father's joy. One day soon, Quinn Abigail Black will be baptized here at this font. And if that is the case, then we cannot promise to raise Quinn on a diet of sentiment and nostalgia. The church would never survive, and she would never believe it anyway. As Fleming Rutledge states, God's incarnation, Emmanuel, God with us, cannot be reduced to a mere refuge for feeble souls wanting to escape the reality of life. That is what Disney Plus is for, and Quinn will get enough of that. Joseph's dreams are not fantasies. They are evidence that God is in charge and actively engaged in the life and survival of Jesus. And while Joseph does choose a life of courage, he no doubt hopes and ponders as many things in his heart as Mary does. You see, upon hearing this good news of this child, Joseph is saved too. And by God's mysterious way, it is Joseph who adopts this child, protects this child, raises and teaches this child. It is Joseph who names this child, this son of God, this son of David, this son of Mary and Joseph, Yeshua, the one who saves. O come, O come, Emmanuel, save us. Let us pray. Gracious God, because we are not strong enough to pray as we should, you provide Christ Jesus and the Holy Spirit to intercede for us in power. In this confidence, we ask you accept our prayers. We pray for our world, our country, and our leaders. We pray for our schools and our children and our teachers. We pray for those of us who are sick, those of us who mourn, those of us who suffer. We pray for our community and its families as we continue to wait for the birth of our Savior. We ask for your mercy, O Lord, and your comfort and your healing touch. Strengthen this congregation in its work and worship. Nourish us with your word and sacraments that we may faithfully minister in your name and witness to your love and grace to all the world. And now, Let's join together in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation 
but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Jesus said, listen, I am standing at the door knocking. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in with you and eat with you and you with me. At this time in our worship, we invite you to consider how you might respond to God's word, to God's grace and God's love. What is God calling you to do this Advent season? Please use our text to give number at 704-734-9818. May we respond in gratitude and love. source 
dedication. This, this Advent, Advent, we hope and pray for joy, joy as we journey together, sight for the blind and healing for the sick, freedom for the prisoners and good news for the poor. Release the oppressed with justice for all, love for each other. We are neither hopeless nor idle in our waiting. Come, Lord Jesus. Hang in there, Selwyn. And as you wait, and as you hope, and as you pray, may you sing like Mary. May you dream like Joseph. May you dance like David. And may you live with the joy of Christ in your heart as if you were a child, remembering that you're not alone. God holds you. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. <laughs>